Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar The guitaring. It is the guitaring. <laughs> the guitar buying. Welcome to the guitaring. <laughs> the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Uh, this week we will not be, we'll talk about buying, possibly selling. We're going to do uh, all this stuff. We're going to do, do most of those. We're going to do all the normal stuff that we do in an episode, guys. Don't worry, Steve. Steve's not saying we're going to do something different. We're not going to do anything different. Not after six years. It's going to be the same. <laughs> I just realized I do have something new this week. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> People didn't know you didn't have anything new until you said. Shut up. <laughs> uh, this first ad is sent by Stephen Hunter. It's a blacktop baritone, currently at Rainbow Music in Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you want to see slash play it in person, not open to trades. Mm. This is a modded 2012 Fender Blacktop Baritone Telecaster and Metallic Burgundy. What if this was stock? There's no uh, way it's stock. For pickups, it has a 60s DeArmond Gold Foil, an 80s American Fender Strat Single, a 70s Vintage Strat Single Coil. Why would it? Like, they're both technically vintage at this point, yeah. right? Uh, the stock Blacktop Baritone Humbucker in the bridge, which is almost vintage. Uh, with a, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, with a mirror pit guard, uh, the switching system is a T4 by Awesome Musical Instruments, made in the USA. You can achieve any combination of the four pickups, 102 total options, and it's really not as complicated as it looks. FYI, not blowing smoke here, but this guitar plays like butter. It was set up by the luthier who did the mods at the request of the previous owner and has not needed anything since I bought it. Although. I have, of course, changed the strings a couple of times. It's listed oh. as used uh, because, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, it's used. used. It's used because of the mods. Yes. Otherwise, the guitar is in excellent shape. Please let me know if you got any questions. It does look very clean. It looks like a very good. I uh, really like the refin. Clean mod job. Was it refin? Is the paint a refin? I'm pretty sure that's a. Refin. It's called the blacktop model. That doesn't mean that they were all black. No, I know, but I don't remember there being a metallic burgundy. I don't know. Uh, but it looks like a very clean refin, that's for sure. If it is a refin, as Steve alleges, uh, a fun fact about the blacktop telly here is that's the neck that I have on my baritone Strat partscaster is a blacktop telly mm-hmm. neck. Um, I'd always heard when I when I was buying that neck, anyways, that uh, the blacktop telly baritones had a lot of trouble with intonation. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the, this one's fine. Do you feel like yours does? No, the Strat intonates just fine, and you'd think that the bridge placement would be about the same. But I don't know. Maybe that was someone just blowing smoke or not knowing what they were talking about, and I've had that memory ever since. But this thing looks like kind of a bunch of fun. I really like uh, the the mirror pick guard. I like the gold foil in the neck. I could do without all the extra switches and the middle single coils. Um. I would rather have, you know, a coil cut on that bridge humbucker. But I don't know. I can't say that this is a reversible mod for people who want to take it back to stock because it looks like they had to route out a bunch of wood for that extra, oh, yeah. extra long control plate. The control plate, if you're not looking at the pictures, has a knob on each end, two knobs like you'd expect on a Telecaster, but then six little switches all perfectly in a straight row in between the two knobs. And it's just as long as a hot dog. Like it's just the longest control plate I've ever seen on a telecaster. Do you think in this is life. the same color? It could be. Just a really bad photo of it. They're calling this classic copper. Interesting. So now that I'm looking at, but I think it looks the same too. 
I'm so now I'm wondering if I mean this is this is metallic. So if that's a copper metallic, it could just be the way that photo's taken. Yeah, it's making me think that between the two, I think this is a stock uh, that's, that's, finish. But I'm saying I don't think this is technically like a burgundy finish. No, no, a no. burgundy should be it's more like, purple. More purple. Yeah, this does look copper. I mean, it's hard to tell through photos sometimes. Colors get all mixed up by all sorts of you know stuff going on. Lighting when wise. you sell a guitar, you should only list the Pantone number. Oh my gosh! No, let's not let's not complicate things. Would you play a guitar that was painted Vanta Black? What is Vanta Black? Vanta Black is that shade of black that's ninety nine point nine 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 whatever. The moment you touch something like that, you get your your sweat and your oils on it, and then you lose that yeah, percentage that, right away. Work? It's got to be super, super matte black, and like the moment, like anything touches it, it's all over. It's not the blackest black. But it anymore. would only be those parts that you touch. So like you could have a full if you did your pickup covers and everything in it, people wouldn't even know that you had pickups. If you had EMG, it'd pick- be so they couldn't see it because it's so black. EMG pickups that were also painted Vanta black, installed in a Vanta black body guitar, it just with Vanta black body hardware, you wouldn't even know how to play. You just have floating strings. It just it'd be so black you you couldn't see it. Yeah. No light can escape this theoretical guitar. It's the black hole. So you know what? I could see you know Fender or Gibson uh, putting together one of those guitars, just painting them all with that black, just as a showpiece for Nam or something like yeah. that. And you walk up to you like, oh man, I really can't see it at all. It's so black, I can't even see anything. Any light reflecting off of it. Even the frets are black. The whole thing just disappears and just looks like a hole in reality that you're staring through. Is 102 total options really any combination of the four? Um. Well, I'm assuming there, there's only four pickups here, but there's six switches. So I'm assuming there is phase options and there are coil cuts for the humbucker at least. And... I mean, you take four pickups, and there's already going to be a lot of options there. And then you multiply it by phase and things like that. And I, you can hit that number very easily, I'm sure. I mean, I believe this guy has done his math. I'm questioning you, you the crunch, math. You crunch the numbers, Steve. You you let me know. Steve is doing... He, Steve has the calculator out now. This is riveting podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I've, I don't know. I feel like without knowing exactly, feel like 102 is just an odd number to land. Without on. knowing exactly what those switches do, you're not going to be able to right land at the same number as him. Right, right. Assuming right. he did his math right. Right. All right. Sorry. Anyway, um, did we did we already say what we think about this? I like this. Ah, oh, the mirror pick guard. Now that I see it from the top, what do these go for in stock condition? Oh, I don't know. Like. 400 probably you think 400 yeah i'm gonna check reverb i don't know i haven't looked for one of these in a while what the heck let me get to search this is on yeah this is on face facebook black top baritone telecaster like i'm just Whoa. not seeing a lot of them the there's one, one for a thousand yeah I don't, I don't... oh another one for 1100 Oh, there's a, is there a collector's market for these now? Maybe. So this Maybe is I'm a, just way off. This is a deal then. Five fifty. Grab it. Yeah. Get this guitar. Even uh, 
you know what? Maybe these do have that long control plate. That does look pretty long. Maybe it's just an angle of the photo. You know, it, one of the things that throws the whole, it all off is you think about how long a three-way switch is, and this one doesn't have it. It's basically replaced the three-way switch with a bunch of... I think it's uh, just the angle of the photo makes it look of this other super long. So maybe right. you could return this back to near stock condition. Yeah, you're you're right. I'm seeing uh, on eBay like 1100 With all those switches in a row, it just made it look so freaking long. But I guess it already was long. I just never noticed it because it had a normal layout on it. Yeah. This is saying seven. the ranges on... The historical ranges on reverb are 700 to 1100 So either way... Yeah, I'd, I'd go buy this. I really like the uh, the neck on my baritone strap. That's the same neck as this. I think it plays great. Um, and if you don't want these mods, I think you can take this back to a more stock telly kind of thing. You really could. Easily. You really could pretty easily. All you'd have to do is get like a Telecaster plate. And a pickguard. And a pickguard. Yeah. Take all those other, take those other pickup. Like that's the I other mean, thing, right? If you're right? playing baritone, you're already getting into like some weird stuff. Yeah. So you probably are fine with those. But mods. like, if you can verify that these pickups are what they say they are, and, and you know, then there's value there. Like, sure, sure. What's a '60s Diarmen go for? Probably like at least sixty to a hundred bucks. Maybe. Yeah, maybe if you find the right buyer. Like I don't a, know. a '70s Fender Strat single coil, you could probably get like at least fifty bucks for that. Hmm. Got to do a little leg work, but like at least you got to work those legs. At least whatever, like those parts, like could at least keep you from going, uh, like sink, like sinking a bunch of cash into it. Sure, sure. Because like getting, yeah, yeah, getting an like an original pick guard and pickup is is not gonna. Like, I gotta say too though, much. leaving that gold foil in the neck, I think is a good idea. Just leave it all, man. That's a like cool you said, look. it's weird. Be weird. Or replace those strap pickups with uh with a uh, lipsticks just because it would look mm. cool on that mirror pick garden. I don't know. Replace those strap pickups with other gold foil pickups. <laughs> All right. What's new, man? You said you had um, a new, I sold a pedal board like a week ago and I sold it to someone local and it was funny because Good job, Steve. I know I sold it on offer up. Uh, and what happened and I, cause I asked, I had to ask the guy what the story was because uh, basically this, this woman messages me on offer up and she's like, uh, I'm out of town, but I, I like, I want to get this and my friend can pick it up. And I'm like, Oh boy, but I, you know, it's offer up. And I, I'm like, can you even, I mean, you can pull that scam anywhere, right? But I feel like doing it on offer up is like where you have ver like the accounts are supposed to be verified and whatever. It's like, ah, oh, this, this isn't going to be, unless the guy shows up with a cashier's check, like this should be legit right 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 um and then she was she stopped talking and then like a week later she's like i'm back in town uh my friend i want my friend still wants to go get this so anyway i end up meeting up with the guy and uh he's you know looks great da, 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 and i get to talking about him and it turns out like him he and this woman are in a band together mm. and uh he uh basically um he has like an SKB pedal board. She just has an Ikea pedal board with no case. And so originally she was going to buy the pedal. Like he, she just wanted him to pick up the pedal board for her. Uh, but they figured out like how many pedals each one of them had. Basically. I think he had like a PT junior. Mm -hmm. 
um, and she couldn't fill up a PT-1. So he was like, no, let's do this. Well, I, he has the SKB equivalent to a PT Junior. And uh, he's like, let's do this. Like, I'll just buy that pedal board for myself and I'll give you my smaller pedal board. So it's this whole like swap that you're in the middle of. That I'm in the middle of, but it worked out and I got my 90 bucks. So, yeah. hooray. Woo! Got your 90 bucks. 90 bucks. Been buying lunch all week. Whoa, big spender. Yeah. That's your lunch money. I bought huh? a round of beers for my coworkers. Damn, son. Yeah. You got to sell a pedal board every week. I know. <laughs> What's new with you, Ryan? Uh, I got a new Walrus Julia. To replace your old one? Uh, in addition to my old oh, one. Oh, in addition to Because it. they came out with a version two and they sent me. Uh, the version two to demo. Yeah. So now I've got two of them. And uh, this very day that the podcast episode is airing, I am publishing my demo for this, which mm-hmm. is fun because it's like, I've already demoed this. I've already owned the original Julia for like three years, four years and something now. Yeah. One of the original pedals that I demoed for, for Walrus. So like doing the version two is super easy. <laughs> it's like, I already know this pedal. Let me show you this pedal that I already know. It has a couple of cool new features. Momentary soft switching. Uh, Wait, top, is it momentary or is jack. it soft switching? It is momentary. Oh, so you just you can like hold it down and then when you yeah. like let it go, it goes away. And that's something I remember. I think Aaron Abubo uh-huh. saying he because he had one of these. I think if I remember right, and him saying he wished it had momentary switching for when you put it on like really crazy vibrato sounds. Yeah. And that's what it has now. Cool. <laughs> it has momentary switching, cool. so you can throw it on some sort of wacky wacky sound and just. You know, have it on for a second on that one part of the song that you need. Other than that, it's got is new that art. A, is that a switch setting to to do with that? Or no, it's, it's just, just always there. If you hold it down. If it's off, you hold it down, it's on, and then you release, and it just knows when you're turning it off or doing momentary. Interesting. Cool. cool. Yeah. You know, this technically we're leaking this because this episode will come out like eight hours before your video does, right? No, the, my video will come out probably oh, okay. <laughs> right before this episode does. <laughs> it's supposed to launch on Monday. I thought there was a time point. I'll have to check. Oh, well, you guys can keep a secret, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the other, it's uh, top jacks. It's a new switch. Uh, other, I like to, I, what do you, what do you think about the new art? Um, I kind of liked that the old art leaned harder into the Gilman classic movie monster sort of look with her hand there. Right. But her face looks a lot better now well they, I both, like the they art, both have the movie monster hand. i like the art style better now but no, no oh, it's like yeah. it, the webbing leans into the gilman thing more right but i don't think that's what they were trying to do anyways to do like a full gilman sort of concept i yeah. think they were trying to do like a lady of the lake like siren sort of thing mm. so I, th- I think the new art style is a lot cleaner and better looking uh but I don't know. There's something about the original Julia art that I have an affinity for too. So I don't know. I it's and it's such a goofy thing, but I like. I that think the new I art like is more two, marketable. I like that there's two colors on it. Yeah, they did that too. Uh, you've got uh, white printing for the uh, the titles of the controls and for the logo on there. Also, they did a really nice emboss on yeah. the bottom plate there of their logo. I think that's a really classy touch, Walrus. I think you should do that on all your future pedals. I'm sure they will. Really cool. So <laughs> I've got two of these. I've got two Julias now. In the in the demo video, I actually uh, run them in parallel at the nice. end. So I've got one Julia running to one amp and one Julia running to another amp, and I mix it in stereo, so it gets really nice and weird and you wobbly. Have, you should have run them in series. Why? Because that would be funnier. Uh, but, but it wouldn't be stereo. That's true. I think stereo is funnier. 
All right. Why, what's funny about stereo, Ryan? You don't laugh when you hear something in stereo? <laughs> I laugh every time I hear something in stereo. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about uh, this new thing we're going to do, maybe? If people like it and tell yeah. us. Yeah. So uh, last at the end of uh, 2019, Ryan and I talked about uh, listening to albums. And uh, so we decided to start off 2020 uh, trying this out. We're going to do this for a couple weeks. If you guys love it. At least two weeks. We're going to do it for at least two weeks. If you guys like it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. If you like it, let us know and suggest albums. If you hate it because of the albums we picked. Let us know and suggest albums. This is a long multiple choice. Yeah. Um, but uh, for our first If al- you don't like it and don't want us to continue, say nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, uh, So the first album we picked, or that I picked. Well, what we did is I picked an album, Steve picked an album. We're going to do one album a week. So this week we're doing Steve's album. Yeah. Uh, and this album is uh, The Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Um, this album is on many a top, like, 10 top 20 greatest rock albums of all time. Uh, I tried to listen to it a while ago and I just couldn't get into it. Hmm. I tried to listen to it again. I mean, it's got like two or three uh, songs. I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is a cool song. But like the first, the first time I listened through it, um, like a, a, couple days ago, a couple days ago, a couple days ago, a couple days ago, uh, the one thing I didn't that was like frustrating is one, there's basically no singles off this this album. Yeah, right. And I think uh, it's always a little easier to listen to an album when you at least know a couple songs on it. Sure, you know um, when you know the fudge is at the bottom of the of the Sunday still. Yeah, it's like know? you know if I could listen to an album, it's like like okay. You know, a couple years ago, I did a deep dive on like Pink Floyd. Sure. And it's like at least at one point on every album, I'd be like, oh, I've heard this song. Right, right. And on this, so Exile Main Street never, I don't, didn't know anything on there. There were a couple songs. The opener, I think, is called Rocks Off. Uh, that was like a really fun song. Here's some um, of my notes on it. One of the things that kind of I found frustrating about the album is it just felt really derivative to me. Yeah. Well, I think that's something I was noticing a lot. Um, is it really leans hard into this honky tonk blues sort of thing that yeah. the Stones already do, but this was like, like just all that, and w- with some dives into like American gospel sounds as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very the thing I noticed about the album is that it's very kind of like monolithic. Like, if you like one song on this album. You're going to like them all because it doesn't right. vary. They're all, it all feels like it's in the same songwriting session, all the same recording session, which yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, and because it's all just kind of the same, I found myself like halfway through it. Like, is this, is this over yet? <laughs> How many songs? Did it's you, like over an hour thing? long. And I look at the track list. And I'm like, man, there's still like 10 songs left to go. Yeah. Like this album could be three hours longer. Or it could be half the length, and you would still get the same <laughs> amount of content out of it musically because it's, it really is like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I kind of had that too. Except and that it's w- not—it's a good. Th- it, I, I think the thing that they're doing is fun, and I think it's very listenable right. and enjoyable. Like, put that album on and cook, you know, Sunday morning breakfast right. with the family, and it's—it's it's gonna just 
brighten the mood of the house. It's a very like positive feeling vibe. Very, you know, it's the Rolling Stones. There's, there's it's, a couple. There's... It's strutty and it's cocky. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know up tempo like blues. Right. Um. I will say I'm not gonna. I don't know. Do I? I don't. Maybe we, I will say I'll. I'll let you decide. After listening to the album that we're gonna talk about next week, uh-huh. I went back to listen to this album and I found it a lot more listenable. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that, that you'll have to enlighten me next week. Uh, I just feel like it put me like more in a space of like understanding that, of understanding of that, like time framing, I guess. Uh, I also found myself, I've mentioned that it's, there's a lot of blues going on it. I found myself asking, am I tired of the blues? Because <laughs> there's, oh, I mean, I realized it wasn't as much of a cliche when this album and the next album we're going to cover were recorded, but maybe it was. And I'm just really kind of burned out on blues cliches. I feel like this album is kind of a blues cliche, but the album that we are talking about next week is not a a blues cliche. We're going to next week. We're going to talk about what was the name of the, as the Hendrix album. Are you experienced? experienced? Um, So anyway, uh, yeah. So one of the interesting, interesting things too, with this album is, it's currently on like if you talk if you do a Google for like top fifty rock albums, top fifty albums all time, whatever, like this album is on there. But when it came out, it was like uh, the critics were like split. They were just kinda like, eh, whatever. Right. But now I get apparently like most mo- like modern critics consider this the best Rolling Stones album. Maybe it is because it doesn't have those big hit bangers on it that have been right. like rubbed that just beaten to your head, beaten to the ground. And it's like, you can listen to this album and get that vibe that you love from the stones without being like, Oh, mm. I've, I'm so tired of this song, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Paint the, paint the, the door black or whatever. What are some other notes you have? Um, <laughs> well, you said you, you actually wrote stuff down. I, I just listened to it. Uh, I, I wrote down that, uh, the only time I've listened to a Stones album all the way through was like the top was like the 40th anniversary compilation I mm. have. I haven't actually listened to like a full album all the way through. Um, yeah, I think I covered all the rest of my notes. Yeah, I think uh, "Tumbling Dice" was a single off of this album, but I don't. Think yeah, it, it was. It, it, it was. I like. I don't think I'd ever heard this song or heard that song before listening to this album, and I think I want to say. Um, for some reason, I thought I had heard Soul Survivor somewhere before, but I couldn't quite place it. I feel like I've heard bits of Soul Survivor in like movies or whatever or soundtracks, mm-hmm. but it's one of those songs where it gets into the rest of it, and you're like, I've never heard this part of this song. Right. But then like it hits you with the hook or the chorus, and you're like, oh, yeah, this old chestnut. Yeah, this is so weird because if you look at the retrospective professional reviews, like every major uh, reviewer like gives it like an A or like five stars or like whatever the maximum stars is. And I just, I don't know, like maybe I'm just not well versed enough in that uh, sound space and that time point in history to like appreciate it that much. Right. But, you know, I say that, but like I said, like, I've, but I've, like how much are we going to trust reviews like no, I'm, su- I know. I'm sure, I like know. every classic album that's iconic 
is going to get a five star review from most record reviewers because like, oh, well, what can you say about this thing that everyone right? Knows, but I'm saying like you know? it's interesting because it, because it did it initially like the on the initial critics were like, yeah, sure. Like I mean, for they me, just didn't care when I listen to an album, and this goes back to what I said earlier about it. I don't want it to sound the same throughout. I want right. to be taken on a bit of a journey and have a variety of songs. Like when I write songs for a band or for an album, like if I have a song that sounds too close to another song, I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to change this up somehow. So to have like an album full, of, what is it? Like 18 songs or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they're like 15 of them are pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same vibe. They're doing the same kind of guitar work and kind of like melody and rhythm work. Like they, they feel like they're from the same set of music. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. And it just it it felt a little bit exhausting to me because I'm more like an, an ADD listener and I want to hear more of a jump in styles and concepts and varieties. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's you know, just me. This. This is weird because the article says it was it's an immediate commercial success, but it was not well received by most contemporary critics who found the songs inconsistent. But then one one at least one New Year's list called it the best album and the peak of rock music in 1972. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so it's like whatever. Like I don't know. It's those are their reviews. We have our review. None of it matters. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Let's move on to the money zone, Steve. Pay some bills for us. We're going to get so sued by super by duper the, sued by the Max Fund. McElroy's. The McElroy's. Uh, this first sponsor spot. This Jesus. You can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. Uh, they make pedals more creative than you are with a digital brain and an analog heart, except for the dark world that has a digital brain and a digital heart. Um, they make just pedals that can do all kinds of crazy things. So many functions, MIDI capabilities. What is it like 16 dip switches on every pedal? It's stupid. There's like two dip switches for every knob or something like that. And it's at the, co- and at the core crazy. of every pedal, you, you'd have a genuinely great sounding, effect something yeah. that it could be you know the exemplar uh in its class at any time so uh, if you're looking for something to do everything you want and a lot of things you don't know that you already want go get a pedal from chase plus audio okay, just, go get, just, uh, just go get a pedal from chase plus audio you know you want to you know you do want it. To treat yourself just treat yourself already treat Why yourself have you been holding out on giving yourself the satisfaction that you deserve, that you know you deserve. <laughs> Take some money and go buy something. Spend money until you're happy. <laughs> uh, this next, this question was sent by Matt Kimes. He says, is 2020 the year people start wearing hats on stage again? Uh, again? I mean, I guess I, I wore... He didn't say it's 2020 the year people start wearing hats. He said, is 2020 the year people start wearing hats again on stage again he asked it as a question right on stage yeah he yeah, said yeah. his answer was no my thought is well i wore hats on stage in 2019 so i will probably wear hats on were you stage wearing hats again at church? And, oh yeah yeah we wore hats in church yeah hat church we're hat church the church is more about boots mm. <laughs> which that was true <laughs> i don't think anyone at my church wears a hat on stage i don't think it's i've worn this hat on stage at church you left that hat here last time. I know. Now you're wearing it over headphones. I need to make sure I take it home so I yeah. can have it at NAM. 
Good idea. Um, I mean, I feel weird about this question because I've technically never worn a hat on stage, <laughs> but I Wait. do wear a dinosaur skull on stage. I think you did. You not ever wear one of the hats when we wore hats in your favorite band. Oh, we had those little white painter hats when we were wearing all whites. <laughs> for like I think one I, show? I think I wore it for about like half a song and then it fell off. Yeah. You know? We had hats for one show. And then after that, I think you and Adam both ditched the hats and I got a sweatband. Yeah. You're a hat boy. I threw, Anyways. That, I threw that sweatband away this week. Did you? It was like brown. Gross, dude. No, no. Why did you still have that? It was just in a drawer. I bet you still have your underwear from back then too. <laughs> he's not saying no. That means he still has it. <laughs> I mean, I, I cannot. I can neither confirm nor deny. I'm pretty sure it's all. All that stuff has disintegrated by now. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's your take on hats on stage? You're fine with it because you have wear a problem them. with them. I mean, you know, it, I don't. It's to me. It's all about like how it fits in in the in like the style. Maybe some of the in the genre. So, uh, like, I understand. Um, I do not want to go watch Limp Biscuit without that backwards baseball hat. I mean, that's a perfect example. That's that's. A, I mean, that's exactly what I mean. Like, uh, I could have stopped that sentence a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to go I mean, watch like, Limp Biscuit, and then I could just left it. <laughs> um, you know, I, when I think of Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish, like I think of like. Of like the dad hat, like the super bent, right, right, you know, hat, like the trucker um, hat that's bent I, around in the front. I'm never gonna wear a hat like that. Like that's you're not, never gonna. I mean, I mean, if you pay me enough, I will. But how much do I have to pay you, Steve? Enough, enough. I've never been a hat guy. Like if it's cold, if I'm going up to the snow or something like that, I'll throw on a beanie to keep my ears warm. Um, but I. I'll, and at the beach, or if I'm doing yard work, I'll throw on like a big hat just to keep the sun off my head. But I never wear a hat just to be, like, fashion comfortable, I guess. Is that why you wear a hat, to be fashion comfortable? Um, yeah, I, I you know, maybe. If I was going to wear a hat on stage, it would have to be a a performance prop, like a Jamiroquai sort of thing. Like, here's my stage character, big floppy velvet hat. Oh, yeah, I was trying to remember what his hat looked like. Um, or, like, what the, the Devo hats. Yeah, yeah, like a diva hat. It would have to be, like I said, a prop. I mean, everything in fashion. Like is, everything in fashion is a prop. The Aquabats, you know, positivity helmet. Right, right. You know, um, I'd wear one of those on stage if I was an Aquabat. Call me, but not if you're commander. not if you're a regular guy. I'll join the I'll join the bats. Give me a call. Oh <laughs> um, there's a there's a whole. I don't think I like there's there's definitely like a fashion component. I'm not wearing a hat because like I'm trying to like, uh, you know, because I'm going bald. Like I know some people wear hats sure. because they're they only have half a head of hair. And here's what I'll say. If you're someone who walks onto stage in plain clothes uh-huh. and you wear a hat as part of your plain clothes, leave the hat on. Right. You know, that's, that's part of what you, that's what you wear. But if you dress up for stage and you put on an outfit and then like you just put on a baseball hat for no reason connected to the outfit, now leave that off. What if you, if it it connects to your outfit for your theme, 
then do it. Like what if you're in a what if you're in a Warriors themed band? Like what if your band was called the Baseball Furies? Well, that's, then what, you that's have what to I'm, wear a hat. I'm saying that's when you would wear a baseball hat because yeah. you're doing a baseball theme. I already wear. If hats, you are like, in a baseball themed band and you don't wear hats or helmets, <laughs> what the hell are you even doing? Come on, what are you doing? No, come I, on. Like, I wear hats all the time. Like I, I most most days. Like uh, maybe not I most wear, days, but many days I wear, I wear, I wear a hat out of the house. I so. wear a lot of hats in the metaphorical sense, but not mm-hmm. in the literal mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of those hats do you take off when you go on stage? <laughs> I leave them all on. All my hats are on all the time. <laughs> heavy is the heavy is the head that wears all the hats. <laughs> it's a lot of hats. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this. I think we nailed it. Yeah. If you wear topic complete, if you never wear needs hats, to be brought up again. If you want to wear a hat, wear a hat. If you yeah. I just, okay, for real, like, here's my thing. Here's the question I have. I guess maybe because you're indoors, is that the reason why it's not cool to wear a hat? You know what? There's all kinds of like old rules that people have with like hat manners or whatever. I think that's all out the window now. Is, it, is this like a church thing? Like, men, sh- gentlemen don't wear hats indoors. Ladies, keep your hats on. Something like that. I don't know. Ladies, cover up. Men, let's see that skin. I want to see those bald tops. I I just I don't I I don't really know where that comes from. Me either. It probably has something to do with, you know, hat lobbyists being like, "Oh, you need a special indoor hat. This is your outdoor hat." Like doubling up hats, you know? I I've Really? A hat for every occasion. Like, I really have to think that there's some kind of, like, like old-fashioned, like, take your sunglasses off, you're indoors. There's no sun here, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> take your hat off. You're not blocking the sun. Well, it might come down to, like, practical things like umbrellas. Like, people are like, oh, don't open umbrellas indoors. It's bad luck. I'm like, no, you dumbass. You're going to hurt someone yeah, if you have an umbrella poke somebody's open indoors. Umbrellas suck indoors. Close that. No one wants that umbrella in here. Like if you've maybe like hats with those big old long feathers were always poking people in the eyes, mm. tickling their little noses and making them sneeze. Like take your feathered hat off, Robin Hood. Maybe Not it, indoors. Maybe it's like from back in like the gladiatorial days where they had helmets and had all the spikes on it. And if you gladiatorial, wore, if you wore, wore your uh, your spiked helmet into yeah. the into the Roman pub next to the Colosseum, you know, and somebody. Somebody who was also like you're sma- you're sitting there, you're wearing your helmet, you're sma- you're smashing your ales back. You have one too many, you pass out, you fall over, and you kill the guy next to you because you're is. still wearing your spiky helmet. Here's what it is. It used to be back in the day, if you walked into a proper establishment, there were probably servants, and someone was paying the wages of those servants. Hopefully, they were being paid. Uh, and you walk in, if you keep wearing your hat and your coat. It's like you're disrespecting your host because you're not taking advantage of the hospitality that they have provided of someone they have hired or procured to take your hat and your coat. And you refuse to let them take that hat and coat? How dare you? So if you're already wearing a hat and you're playing a show and the venue does not provide a hat room for you, you're actually obligated to keep your hat on. It's your right. It is your right. And you know what? When people see you on the stage and they see you wearing that hat, they're like, Man, I didn't realize this venue was such a dump. They don't even have a hat room. How dare they? Ridiculous. I will never see a show at this venue again until they procure a hat room for my favorite performers. Also, here's another rule. 
If you're on, you're you're backstage, you're sweating it. You're wondering, is this a hat show or is this a no hat show? You look out into the audience, you see people wearing hats. It's a hat show. Mm. No hats. If you see no hats in the audience, I'd start to worry. I wouldn't wear that hat. There you, there you go. go. Yeah. What I sh- should have led with that. I didn't think of it till now. It's what if brilliant. you're in a band and nobody comes to your show? Then what, Then did you wear the hat or not wear those, the hat? Those things are usually the way it works. <laughs> if no one comes to your show, do whatever you want. Oh, there you go, go buck wild. You go. Take all your clothes off. Wear nothing but hats. All hats. All right. This, uh, this, this next <laughs> ad was sent in by Ted Jackal. It's a uh, huge guitar bass amp project lot, Epiphone, Fender, Ibanez, Suzuki, Greco, Crate, etc. This is a big old like flip bait. Load. It's $679 for a local pickup in Oak Park, Illinois. $679. What did I say? $670? Oh, got to get that nine. How did they come up with that number? I want to know. I don't know. It ended, which means someone either bought it or they just took it down. Yeah. Uh, there's a Greco 12 string. There's, excuse me, a, like a vintage Suzuki. You don't have to figure out there is a list. No, I'm just looking at what they are. Epiphone, Washburn, some old. Oh yeah, you're right. There's a there's, there's a X. '60s Harmony Stella 6130. Yeah, uh, Suzuki Rock Rocko Man F2. Um, uh, many of these have been like repaired, right, or not repaired. Uh, many yeah. of them are in unrepaired condition. Squire Bullet Series Strap Missing Parts Cleanup Body Repair. Ibanez Geo Replace Pigment Pickup. I mean, that's like the least. 80s Crate CR280, Fender Fretman 15G, Fender Sidekick Keyboard Amp. There's oh, a, there, there's a, a Tysco Tulip, not pictured. Not pictured. I mean, you don't need to see a picture of that. You know what it looks like. Uh, MIJ Encore Jazz Bass Missing Knobs but Clean Electronics. Oh, that's that thing. That I one, that one like, looks really cool. I, yeah, I kind of like the look of that just because it's... It's missing a nut. It's got like that like mini humbucker pickup going on. There's some bones to that, that jazz bass that I like, yeah. but I have a feeling it's completely unplayable and not worth saving. Well, it needs a nut to, but start. I like looking at it. I like, it's got a, that funky. I look at this it. and it gives me ideas to get a jazz bass and do this to the jazz bass mm. versus getting this to have this. Right. I like how one of these is those weird Trabans. Yeah. I've never with the weird like flame the super flame bridge, bridge hardware. Thing, yeah, <laughs> the the bridge is a chunk of metal cut out into flame shapes that goes all the way up the guitar. I don't know of any of these. Um... I mean, you look at this and you can just be like, okay, maybe there's something of value in here, but realistically, you're going forty dollars, thirty dollars, forty five dollars, twenty dollars. Like everything is is sub fifty. As far as the guitars go. And strangely, the Squire is probably the one to average that out slightly. Slightly, you might be able to get like 75 bucks for the Squire. I mean, no, the Squire needs uh, parts. It does need parts. It's missing the jack plate. And so you have to average $38 to break even on this. Wow. Including the amps? Every I, every item. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 
19 and five brand new sets of strings at least yeah there's 19 parts um i mean one of those is a 12 string that's two packs of strings steve <laughs> that's Jeez. a really dumb joke <laughs> um the, yeah i feel the one wild card piece in here to me is the uh uh vintage white instruments rack eq that could actually be worth something hmm um but that's kind of hard to say. I'm seeing like some like different ones. I've seen like one of them on eBay for like a hundred bucks. I mean, you're writing the averages with these, and there's going to be a lot of footwork to move these back on the market if you're flipping them. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of work. Uh, the okay, yeah, tulip needs assessment. This like this body that has no electronics, the base thing, like that's not going to be worth very much. You ah. know what this is? Uh, last week or the week before we were talking about what's going to happen to all our gear when we die. This, this is what's going to happen. It's just going to be a pile of junk that we thought was so cool, but our family's going to look at it and be like, ah, there's really not anything here. <laughs> well, and, and so like so much of this too is like, it's going to come down to, do you already have these parts? Yeah. You know, um, and do you have the time? I mean, you said $38 average per guitar. Yeah, but every amp is broken. Every amp is broken. Every Jeez. amp is broken. The CR80 has a ground hum. The Frontman 15G needs a, needs the input jack replaced. Which Was this is, like a repair shop that closed down uh, or something? The Sidekick buzzed when plugs in. Uh, the Trace Elliott just wouldn't power on one day. The Olsen amp has ground buzz. Oh, the, the Rack EQ has nothing wrong with it. And a Fender Ultra Course that's not pictured works uh but there's a cat bleed once it warms up so there's white noise so okay, the, the so old, some of these are like oh yeah if you know how to replace caps like you could possibly fix this really but easily the time but. cost on these is not worth it it's not like like pick one thing out of this pile of stuff that you're like oh that's the one i want well it's, i is mean i'm saying like if you're in here you want if you're bored maybe you know like you don't think about the uh the amount of work you're going to have to do. I look at these and I, my gut is you got to price them 10 bucks a pop. And that's so you can haul it all down to the swap meet and try to sell them for 15 to 20 bucks a pop. Right. Without repairing anything. And then people who own like restaurants or whatever are going to TGI Fridays, the walls with random guitars with most of this, but these are now kitschy, you know, mm. decorations and the amps are just kind of a loss like that crate. You could do the speaker cab transformation on it. Right. You could do that with a couple of these, but I mean, it's just, none of this is desirable. That crate I think just has a single 15 in it. Yeah. I think you're right. None of this is really desirable or interesting. I think so and the, it, like there's no parts here other than that jazz bass with those uh those uh mini bucker pickups yeah so i'm I th- not i'm not really like my I, attention isn't grabbed by I anything i think here. that jazz bass is interesting i could poten- like if i could go if i saw this in a pawn shop and i just saw it didn't have a nut and it was like it was i don't know if even if it was like 100 bucks even with no nut but i yeah. could like look it over and be like ah this looks like look how small there, maybe that there's body something is. here it's a guitar sized body like this is a short scale guitar yeah. bass it's a yeah. short scale bass but like that's the kind of thing where i think i'd like i could see myself like paying 
But you see, no nut I, with no nut, I could see myself paying like sixty bucks and then going down to uh, go taking it down to Sean uh, at Pitbull to yeah, get yeah. a new nut fab, yeah, and everything else. And you know, yeah, it's gonna sit down like one hundred and fifty bucks, but it's gonna look really cool. Yeah. The only the only thing in here that doesn't need repair that um, there's nothing in here otherwise that needs to be repaired that I'm interested in. I do think the Greco 12 string is an interesting piece. Part of that is because I played something similar that was the six string version and it, it played fantastic, which isn't to say that this will play fantastic or that I should go ever own a 12 string. Most like older, especially cheap 12 strings are just bowed like crazy by the time you get them. It says it's clean, clean string and setup, right? It's clean. I'm saying like they're I 12 string already has to be dialed in pretty well for it to be relatively playable because you just got to have such right. a beefy neck on them. You know, this, uh, this, like if the neck is failing in any way, it's just, they become really a hassle. This stuff was for local pickup only. So presumably you could go and like check this stuff out. Well, yeah, sure. But I mean, I think we can tell what's going on here by most of these pictures, right? My guess is that this maybe was some kind of music store and these have all just been projects sitting in the back warehouse uh, for like 10, 15 years just yeah. sitting there. That's every time Nothing someone to do. comes in is like, hey, can you fix this? You're like, no, I'm not going to fix this. Or like, yeah, it cost me like, cost you like 200 bucks for me to fix that for you. Uh, well, can I sell it to you? No, but you can just leave it if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you like ten uh, percent off. Of, I'll give you like a a ten pack of strings. Right, right. Like, whatever. Yeah. Here's a here's a baggie full of guitar picks. This, you know what? This some of this could be like, oh, can you diagnose this like instrument? Like, what's wrong with it? And the guy's like, yeah, uh, yeah. This is gonna cost you like. 75 bucks to fix. Okay. Do you want to just keep it? And like, you can just start working on it once I pay you. Okay, cool. And then it's just like, he puts it in the back and then like 90 days go by, 180 yeah. days go by, 10 years go by. I guess that guy's never coming back. Yep. Just have all this stuff sitting here. All right. Well, Steve, this week's episode is also brought to you by Daddario. I've got no steam left in me today. All right. Uh, Thank you, Daddario. D'Addario, makers of the XT string that combines the latest and greatest technology from D'Addario. It's got an ultra-thin coating. It's got the fusion twist carbon fiber steel from the NYXL series. That coating, man, I'm still... It's nice. <sighs> it's nice. I Here's what I'll say. I put these on a bunch of guitars around here. Mm-hmm. And when I'm figuring out which guitar I'm going to pick up and play... Whether or not it has these strings on it has become a deciding oh, really? factor. I'm like, ah. It looks like you've got that, a... That guitar doesn't have the strings on it. I'm going to pick up the other one because I know it's just going to be kind of slick and, and sound you've good. You've got five more packs of strings yeah. there. It looks like uh, you need to make another video. Yeah, I need to put more. I need to fix up a bunch of guitars here with new strings on them. But I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Like, the, the guitars I've put them on still have that fresh, like, twang to them. They're mm-hmm. not going dead. They're not getting rusty or crusty or greasy even. Like, they just kind of feel slick, and nothing really sticks to them. They're like Teflon strings, you know? I like them. Really good job to Dario. I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, with these strings. I'll say that. And I'm not usually someone who spends a lot of time thinking about strings. But here I am. 
Just obsessing over Just strings. think about it. <laughs> Backwards red hat. Well, Steve, you want to talk to me about the future? The future of podcasting? <laughs> this, um, po- this podcast episode right now, this is the future no, this of podca- podcasting. Well, this episode right now is the future of podcasting, but when they're listening to it or watching it, That's the it's the present of podcasting. Oh, shoot. You're right. As long as they're watching and or listening to it. Well, if they're watching or listening to it during the premiere, it's the present of podcasting. But as soon as it the premiere is over, it becomes the past of podcasting. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why you listen to the premiere. So you get that the hot, fresh stuff, you know. You, the only way they could be more in the present is if they were here in the garage with us. Yeah, so um, this this topic Steve is... Steve wants uh, to do this because he wants to make fun of... Uh, what's his name? Don't really want to make fun of anyone. It's what's a his thi- name? It's a thing that a lot of people do. Paul Davids. Paul Davids. But Rhett Scholl also Steve did has it. A, thi- Steve a lot is, of people... I'm- Steve is out for Paul Davids. Yeah, I'm out for his 1.4 million subs. He's going to do... An audit of this gonna guy. Do, I'm going to do a hit piece. <laughs> Paul Davids. What do we know about him? Two first names. I don't like it. <laughs> He's got a beard. Probably stole that idea from Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that's where you stole the idea for yours. I met Paul David in person. Paul Davids in person. He's tall, just like me. Huh? Yeah, real original, Paul. Did Come you meet, on. Did you meet him? Yeah. Huh? Mary introduced me to him. Oh, at Nam or something? She introduced me to him and and Red Shull. Steve is getting around meeting people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean out, I'm sure they don't remember me. But... I hang out with all those people at TGU. Oh, yeah. Was Paul there? You don't hear me bragging about it. Yeah, okay. he was there. I didn't know they were there. I broke bread with him. Oh, fancy. He probably doesn't remember me, but <laughs> I hung out with him. Um, no, so obviously, like, it's a little, like, it's a, it's a clickbaity headline, and I get it. Um, but... Uh, Somebody, it was funny though because you were you were watching his video on an amp, and that the video was titled "The Future of Amps." Yeah, is and this because, the, the, is this the future of amps and everything? And I was I was just like, well, what I wanted to get to is because you were watching something that had that as the title. YouTube recommended like three other videos that were like the future of something yeah. <laughs> from um, other channels. And I think you know it's it's interesting because the amp itself is it sounds fine. It's a, um, the hook amp, it's right? It's also yeah, it's the wizard. Uh, it's the wizard by hook. Um, it's but it's to me like as soon as I saw, it, I was like, this this probably sounds fine. It seems like it sounds fine in the video. Um, but at the same time, it's like oh, moving knobs. Oh, like the Fender Cyber Twin. I mean, it, they're fast moving. Like right, the Cyber right. Twin was slow. I yeah, guess so now that, they're quick. So that's new. Now they're like Star Wars um, doors. It's you know, it's a uh, t- it's a power tube amp. Uh, it's an EL84 powered amp, so uh, you know, like the like the Line Six bog, uh, Spider Valve, hmm. right? Wasn't that a power valve amp? Something like that. Um, you know, it's it's got all of these different settings up front, but a lot of amps have done that. It's just kind of doing it all together. Um, so you know, is it the future? I don't. I don't. I think we're at a point where until like, oh, and it, it, you can do IRs with it. So it's like, I guess it's like the future is just. Combining every available amp technology into one amp. Is that the future, though? Because the future, my mind, is inaccessible. Like, you can't know the future of amps. This is the present of amps. And I just did the video for the, the G20 from Rev. Uh-huh. That's got, you know, IRs, and it's got yeah. MIDI and programmable stuff and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but do the knobs move? When I move them, they do. <laughs> they don't need to, though. They don't need to move. It's a cool trick to see the knobs move right. and see what your settings are. That's, I don't know. 
I, I get that the hook amp does something different in that it like it makes a bunch of different like styles of amp sounds like yeah. British and American and and whatnot. Well, they go through like four, and so actually one of the one of the comments that someone on our Facebook page said was like, "Oh, this amp is great unless you want to play metal." Um, but if you want, which play of metal, course, metal is the future of music. So if you want to play metal, then how can you like, play? How you're if, buying a very specific amp? Anyways. If your amp can't handle the future of music, then how can it be the future of amps? Uh, no. And do you let, think that metal has much more of a future? I don't know. I think it's run its course. Metal's over, guys. 2020, metal's over. Yeah, metal is canceled. Um, <laughs> Woods and soft plastics now. No more metals. No hard plastics either. Yeah, soft plastics. Uh, rubbers as well. Yes. Like. Yeah, anyway. Rubber music. Um, no, the, the only uh, band I want to hear is a rubber band. Dad joke. It's a pun. So, yeah, anyway, I just thought it was funny that all this, all this stuff is the future. And, and I, like I said at the beginning of this, it, I recognize it as hype. But everything will always be like the future. Like unless you're intentionally being retro, like – JHS releasing the cheese fuzz where right, it's right. like, this is old. And then I'm sure somewhere out there is like, is this the future of pedals? Are all pedal companies just going to start re-releasing discontinued I mean, you, pedals? You, like, could, you could say, is this the future about anything? I mean, it's like that meme, like you see the butterfly and you're like, is this the future? <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, cool. And a new iPhone. Is this the future of phones? Is that there will be new iPhones? Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the way things yeah, that's are going. Exactly uh, what it is. So it's just kind of it's a clickbait title, but it's a funny concept to think about. Is that we should even be thinking about what is the future of amps when it seems like amps kind of are on their way out or becoming less important. In a way, but like, that might be why it's the future is because it maybe because it's incorporating it for what's going on. It's incorporating all this like what we think of as like future tech, like IR, like digital modeling, right? But then it's still got like that core amp component of being a valve, you know, of uh, being a valve. We're in America, amp. Steve. Call what it's called. It's called a light bulb amp, light bulb powered amp. Um, <laughs> it's called a glass cylinder loud box. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know, like. At the same time, like I think about that, I'm like, like you said, like the knob, the moving knobs are a fun gimmick. Um, but when you think of like the future, it's like it's got chicken head knobs. I'm like, well, that's not the future. And like a tweed front or yeah, whatever. The, the hook logo. And again, like I don't know anything about hook. This isn't a take designed to be a takedown of hook. But okay. it's, I'm going to imagine. But their, but their logo is basically like the angle font. I'm like, mm, okay. Like, I'm going to. It's just—it's kind of safe. It's they're safe right, right. design choices. I'm gonna imagineer the future of amps. Okay, and then you can imagineer your own future of amps. Okay. So, in my mind, future of amps, a future amp. Mm-hmm. We're all focused on low wattage right now to keep mm-hmm. volume down and stuff like that. Practicality. Okay. Yeah. Save on you know save our backs, not carrying stuff. And the right. future is not gonna matter. We're gonna have like. 60,000 watt amps because the technology will be there uh-huh. and it, each amp will be powered by its own like self-contained like cold fusion reactor. So you will never have to plug it into anything. No more ground loop issues. Maximum amount of power. It'll come with just a ridiculous speaker cab. Every speaker you can imagine. This thing's going to be big, by the way. Uh-huh. Big's going to be yeah. really in yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a full stack. But... Something really cool about the future. Yeah. 
hover technology. This thing is always going to be six inches off the ground and move with a touch of the finger. Well, that way, uh, that way, it, it, its tone will not be limited by the surface that it's in contact with. Exactly. Very smart, Ryan. You're not bleeding tone into the ground or the walls. It's hovering at all times, just off the ground. It's got plenty of power left over from that cold fusion reactor inside of it mm -hmm. uh, to power the amp and power the hover thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you get just this array of speakers that allow you to find dial in speaker sounds mm -hmm. and just 60,000 watts of power. Just more headroom than you could ever imagine. You're never going to be like, oh, I wish this amp had more headroom. And you'll be able, there will be a big knob on it. You can dial it all the way down to an eighth of a watt if you want. An eighth of a watt to 60,000 watts. Yeah, it's got it's got a 400-pound heat sink on the back of it. But it's okay because it hovers. Who cares? It hovers. Who cares? And, it, like, you don't really even need to put it in your car. You hitch it to, like, the trailer hitch. Your car also floats, by the way. You just hitch it to the trailer hitch and just haul it to the to the right. gig, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's the future of amps as far I, as I see it. My The way I see the future of amps is you have one speaker. It's one of those old style car speakers, but this is the future. Yes. And we need one of these speakers because it's a six inch by nine inch speaker. <laughs> like an old uh, one? Yeah, it's one of those old oval, but it's a six by nine inch speaker. Uh-huh. Uh, and this amp uh, is, uh, is uh, of course, it's 420 watts. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. All right. <laughs> All right, you, you want to do some housekeeping? We don't have yeah. it. Do you have any shipping bags down here? Uh, I can go get some. Here, you do the housekeeping. I'll go All get right. some bags. Uh, big shout out this week for housekeeping. Of course, housekeeping is uh, the time in the show where we thank uh, everyone who supports us through Podbean's uh, uh, patronage program uh, or through Patreon. Uh, Patreon is probably the easier way for me to track it. It's uh, patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast, I think. Uh, so this week we have at the $5 level, which is the best friends level. And I'll be sending out some merch as way. Probably not until after Nam, to be honest, uh, is Josh Lucas. And then coming in at the $25 level, that is the bragging rights level. Hello. Uh, is, uh, Philip Smith. Good grief, man. Uh, do you have a Sharpie too? I need a Sharpie. Um, uh, Sorry. Uh, so coming in, uh, thank you, Philip, for your supporting us. I'm going to send you, uh, since since uh, this is uh, the episode before Nam, uh, I'm going to send you some chicken picks. That seems like a very Nam-worthy sure. uh, thing. And uh, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, how about some wood? No. You already got picks. Yeah, give them a cable. It's a cool looking cable. This is a BTPA cable. I think it's a either a fifteen or twenty footer uh, straight angle right angle. That's an Ortega, right? No, it's BTPA. This is this is one of mine. Oh, I don't know what that is. What's this Ibanez thing? That's just a bag. Is this a Ibanez bag? Like a backpack bag? You can give that to him too if you want. I don't care. This is where we just give junk away. No, uh, oh, we, we need so who's this for? I'm going to give you this Rasta strap. Nice Rasta strap. Uh, this is for Philip Smith for the bragging rights level. Oh yeah. He's the, uh, he's the guy from Goldfinch, right? Oh, is he? I don't know. I don't know. He's the bragging name. rights level. 
This is the one that we, that's the $25 level, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the Goldfinch guy. That's the Goldfinch guy. He, uh, he really appreciates that I did a video of the Goldfinch and he's like, I want to jump into this, uh, this Patreon. Well, thing. thanks. We, uh, super appreciate it. And we, uh, are you friends with him already on Facebook? I think so. We'll put him in the freaking inner circle, man. Ooh. How dare you? Sorry. All right. Uh, you know what? I think all my contact with him is through Instagram. Ah, okay. Well, I'll hit him uh, up. I'll hit him up and I'll ask if he's on Facebook. Yep. All right, yeah. here we go. This uh, last ad uh, sent in by Josh Scott. Well, hello. That name's familiar. I feel like I've heard it yeah. before. Um, he's uh, this guy I know. You know that guy? Yeah. All this right. is a two UV vodka promo guitars. Very rare. So rare that they're selling them for $275. Is that each or total? I don't know. Uh, it this- better be total. <laughs> UV vodka. What's the deal? Have you ever had UV vodka? I've never. No, even, I'm not a vodka guy. Well, I've never even heard of UV vodka. One of is these, that the one with the robot? Is it one of these? No, that's isn't that Svedka? Oh yeah, this is ultraviolet uh, vodka. One of these is a flying V. I like the way the flying V design. The V looks awful. Uh, the V itself looks awful, but I like the fin, the, the finish where the bottle is also part of the neck. I don't like that part, but like I I don't know what to expect out of these guitars. <laughs> I mean, these are are these are clearly like carnival prize level guitars in quality. Yeah, uh, and this other one is like a uh, super or it's just a super super strat. It's a super strat. What is it called when a when a strat is less than super? Like it's a regular a, strat. So it's you've regular, got, you've got and a then strat. it can become super. You got a super strat. This is a sub subpar strat. A subpar strat. A sub a substrat. A substrat. We're in the substrata. Yeah. Uh, this thing uh, has a single humbucker, Uno knob. This is I a, kind of weirdly. This like, is a Tom DeLong of Stratocasters. I weirdly like this color scheme on this guitar. Like if it didn't say UV vodka and just had some like random blue shapes over what white. if it didn't say uv vodka but it still was all bottles they like were just unmarked shapes yeah but they're just so they're unmarked so everything's the same there's just no letters yeah, i kind of like it like it catches my eye in an yeah, interesting so it would way. be like the mandalorian if it was done right where you there would be no hangar 35 do we need to talk about Mandalorian as like a mid I feel like we should but... maybe we should if we get through the next episode good on time. Let's do a bonus <laughs> episode on the Mandalorian. All right. All right. Now I've got a motive. Now I've got motivation to talk fast next episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, right, so yeah. Uh, what do you think about UV vodka? I don't know anything about that vodka. Um, but I know that for, for 275, I feel like for both of these, it's too steep. Like you, these are giveaway. These yeah. are, these are carnival prizes. These are promotional materials. For like 130, I guess that works out to like, what, $130 a piece, basically. I'd pay 50 bucks just, a pop. You get a Squire. I'd pay 50 um, bucks a pop for these guitars, and it would be because I'd be looking at that V body, like, uh, it'll take a strap bridge. I wonder if I could put a fender neck on it, you know? Dude, I and had do this something song, and then it. I clicked on an email. And then the strat is like, besides looking kind of interesting, like, it's going to have no playable value. It's just, it's just like the cheapest of the cheap looking yeah. carnival prize thing, like I was saying. Yeah. All right. This song was sent by Ian Duncan. He says, "Hey guys, I listen to most every episode of the po- uh, Hold every on a episode." Second. Hold on a second. I feel like this is entrapment. Look at all the sheriff's badges behind what? this guitar. This guy is trying to like sell this to kids, and then be like, "Oh, you look a little young to be buying 
a booze guitar. He's gonna, when you show up to buy these, he's gonna be like, in order to buy this, you're gonna have to pass this breathalyzer test. Oh, you love you love booze so much, you want to buy guitars with alcohol on them, sir. I'm gonna need you to recite the alphabet backwards, dude. Mystery, in mystery solved. It's entrapment. Uh, I do want to, before we hit the end of the show, I also want to thank everyone who wrote in saying that they listened to the podcast uh, audio exclusively. Um, we actually, I hate that no. you, I hate that you ask people to do that because we just got all these emails. All no, it was actually really cool because it's like, hey, people actually like send it. So yeah, um, so thank you. It, it means a lot to me. Um, send us songs. We're almost out of songs again. This week's song was sent by Ian Duncan. He says, hey, guys, I listen to most every episode as a podcast. Thanks for the great content. Wanted to submit a song from our band, Sugar Death Whistle, from Connecticut. I love that. That's the a song name. is called Arctic Doofus. Uh, we play mostly original tunes and mix in some covers. Influences are Neil Young, Birds, Sonic Youth, Guided by Voices, and the Sadies. We try to play out every couple months or so, but mostly get together to jam or have fun and record every week or so. Uh, seeing as this is a guitar and pedal show, here's the deal. One guitar is a Gretsch Country Gentleman Tube Screamer into a matchless amp. The other is a Les Paul King of Tone Fender Blues Jr., both having various mods and delays, but that's the core tones. Bass player has a ton of basses, so no clue what was recorded here. Possibly a Nash jazz bass, but definitely a GK head into the board, probably a Boss octave pedal and a Big Muff too. Thanks again, Ian, Wally, Matt, and Brian. Sugar Death Whistle. This is coming off Dropbox, so it's going to take hot me a second to look. Hot off the Dropbox. Hop, hot off the Dropbox 2020. We need, we need to put that sound effect on Do we on not there. have one? We do not. That's why that button isn't lit up. <laughs> Perfect timing.
Atlantis is a band where if they were local, I'd be really excited to play shows with them. I feel like this is a band I would rather listen to than Exile on Main Street. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick sides on that. Uh, but I really like the dissonant, like screeching guitar work in that. I just like the whole mood of it. It's that's in my wheelhouse of stuff that I enjoy. So yeah, good job, guys. Good job. All right, stay grounded. Bye.